Hi, everyone. This is Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets. Before we get started with this episode of the podcast, I just want to tell you about a new project I'm developing called MedPrep to Go. The idea here is to create a free online and audio USMLE question bank for both Step 1 and Step 2 with the overall goal of reducing the cost of medical education and giving you time back in your day, just like we're doing with this podcast. It's still early in the process, and we're adding a lot of questions and new episodes of the podcast regularly, but I'd love to have you go check it out at medpreptogo.com. And if you're interested in getting involved in developing questions for this question bank and getting some mentoring directly from me on how to develop questions, I'd love to have you involved. You can email me at ted.medpreptogo at gmail.com, or you can go over to medpreptogo.com and sign up through the website. So thanks so much for uh, listening and enjoy the podcast. I'm Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets and Chief Content Officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Step 2 Secrets podcast where we provide you the high-yield content from Step 2 Secrets in audio format, as well as question breakdowns, so you can study on the go and get back to reclaiming some of your life. This is the Top 100 Secrets chapter of USMLE Step 2 Secrets. We're going to cover numbers 51 through 100. Number 51, drugs of abuse. Potentially fatal in withdrawal include alcohol, barbiturates, and benzodiazepines. Alcohol, cocaine, opiates, barbiturates, benzodiazepines, fencyclidine, or PCP, and inhalants are potentially fatal in overdose. Number 52. Pelvic inflammatory disease is the most common preventable cause of infertility in the United States and the most likely cause of infertility in younger, normally menstruating women. Number 53. Polycystic ovarian syndrome is classically associated with women who are Quote, heavy, pursuit, and H. amenorrheic, end quote. It is the most common cause of dysfunctional uterine bleeding. Remember the increased risk of endometrial cancer due to unopposed estrogen. Number 54, fetal and neonatal macrosomia is due to maternal diabetes until proven otherwise. Treat gestational maternal diabetes by aiming for tight glucose control through diet, oral agents, or insulin. Number 55, low serum maternal alpha-fetoprotein causes Down syndrome, inaccurate dates, which is the most common, and fetal demise. High maternal serum alpha-fetoprotein is associated with neural tube defects, ventral wall defects, for example, omphalocele and gastroschisis, inaccurate dates, which is the most common cause, and multiple gestation. Measurement is generally obtained between 16 and 20 weeks gestation. Number 56, hypertension plus proteinuria in pregnancy equals preeclampsia until proven otherwise. Number 57, a positive pregnancy test plus vaginal bleeding and abdominal pain equals ectopic pregnancy until proven otherwise. Order a pelvic ultrasound if the patient is stable. Number 58, Decelerations during maternal-fetal monitoring. Early decelerations are normal and due to head compression. Variable decelerations are common and usually due to cord compression. Turn the mother on her side, give oxygen and fluids, stop oxytocin, and consider amnio infusion. 
Late decelerations are due to utero-placental insufficiency and are the most worrisome pattern. Turn the mother on her side, give oxygen and IV fluids, stop oxytocin, and measure fetal oxygen saturation or scalp pH. Prepare for prompt delivery. Number 59. Always perform an ultrasound before a pelvic exam in the setting of third trimester bleeding in case placenta previa is present. Number 60. Uterine atony is the most common cause of postpartum bleeding and is typically due to uterine overdistension, for example, twins or polyhydramnios. It can also be caused by prolonged labor, fibroids, and or oxytocin usage. The risk is increased in multiparous women. Number 61. Acute abdomen pathology localized by physical exam. Right upper quadrant. Think of gallbladder and biliary, cholecystitis and cholangitis, or liver, such as abscess. Left upper quadrant. Spleen. Thinking of rupture with blunt trauma. The right lower quadrant. Appendicitis and pelvic inflammatory disease. Left lower quadrant is the sigmoid colon, so think diverticulitis, and also think pelvic inflammatory disease, and the epigastric area. Think of the stomach, peptic ulcer, or the pancreas, pancreatitis. Number 62, the six W's of postoperative fever are water, wind, walk, wound, wawa, and weird drugs. Water stands for urinary tract infection, wind for atelectasis or pneumonia, walk, for deep venous thrombosis, wound for surgical wound infection, wawa for breast, it's usually only relevant in the postpartum state, and weird drugs for drug fever. In patients with daily fever spikes that do not respond to antibiotics, think about a post-surgical abscess, order a CT scan to locate, then drain the abscess if one is present. Number 63, the A, B, C, D, and E's of trauma. Follow an order if you're asked to choose. Airway, breathing, circulation, disability, and exposure. Number 64. Six rapidly fatal thoracic injuries that must be recognized and treated immediately. Number one, airway obstruction, so establish an airway. Number two, open pneumothorax. Intubate, place the chest tube at a different site and close the defect on three sides. Number three, Tension pneumothorax, perform needle thoracentesis followed by chest tube placement. Number four, cardiac tamponade, perform cardiocentesis, pericardiocentesis. Number five, massive hemothorax, place a chest tube to drain it, a thoracotomy if the bleeding does not stop. Number six, flail chest, consider intubation and positive pressure ventilation if oxygenation is inadequate. Number 65, Neonatal conjunctivitis may be caused by a chemical reaction in the first 12 to 24 hours of giving drops for prophylaxis, by gonorrhea, two to five days after birth, which is usually prevented by prophylactic drops, and chlamydial infections, five to 14 days after birth, often not prevented by prophylactic drops. Number 66, glaucoma is usually due to the open angle form, which is painless and asymptomatic until irreversible vision loss that starts in the periphery occurs. Thus, screening is important. Open-angle glaucoma is the most common cause of blindness in African Americans. 
Number 67, uveitis is often a marker for systemic conditions, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, sarcoidosis, inflammatory bowel disease, ankylosing spondylitis, reactive arthritis, multiple sclerosis, psoriasis, or lupus. Photophobia, blurry vision, and eye pain are common complaints. Number 68, bilateral, though often asymmetric, painless gradual loss of vision in older adults is usually due to cataracts, macular degeneration, or glaucoma, which can be distinguished on physical exam. Presbyopia is a normal part of aging and affects only near vision, that is, accommodation. Number 69, compartment syndrome, usually in the lower extremity after trauma or surgery, causes the six Ps. Number one, pain, present on passive movement and often out of proportion to the injury. Number two, paresthesias, causing numbness, tingling, and decreased sensation. Number three, pallor or cyanosis. Number four, pressure, a firm feeling of the muscle compartment and an elevated pressure reading. Number five, paralysis, which is a late ominous sign. And number six, pulselessness, that's a very late ominous sign. Treat with fasciotomy to relieve compartment pressure and prevent permanent neurologic damage. Number 70, peripheral nerve evaluation, the radial nerve. Its motor function is wrist extension, so watch for wrist drop. Sensory function is the back of the forearm and the back of the hand over the first three digits. In the classic scenario with radial nerve injury is a humeral fracture. Ulnar nerve is classically injured in elbow dislocation. Motor functions are finger abduction, so watch for a claw hand. And the sensory function is the front and back of the last two digits. The median nerve can be injured in carpal tunnel syndrome and humeral fracture. The motor function is forearm pronation and thumb apposition. The sensory function is the palmar surface of the hand over the first three digits. The axillary nerve can be injured with upper humeral dislocation or fracture. The motor function of the axillary nerve is shoulder abduction and lateral rotation. The sensory function is over the lateral shoulder. The perineal nerve can be damaged during knee dislocation. The motor function of the perineal nerve is foot dorsiflexion and eversion, so watch for a foot drop. The sensory function is the dorsal foot and the lateral leg. Number 71, pediatric hip disorders. Congenital hip dysplasia is present at birth. Epidemiology is female, firstborns, breech delivery. Signs and symptoms, do the Barlow and Ortolani maneuvers and look for the associated signs. Treatment is with a harness. Leg calf perthes disease occurs in 4 to 10-year-olds. Typical epidemiology is a short male with delayed bone age. Signs and symptoms include knee, thigh, and groin pain as well as a limp, and the treatment is orthoses. Slipped capital femoral epiphysis, or SCIFI. Typical age is 9 to 13 years. Epidemiology, overweight male adolescent. Symptoms and signs include knee, thigh, and groin pain, as well as a limp. And treatment is surgical pinning. Number 72, avoid lumbar puncture in a patient with acute head trauma or signs of increased intracranial pressure, coagulopathy, 
suspicion for intracranial hemorrhage, or suspicion for spinal epidural abscess. Do a lumbar tap only if you have a negative CT or MRI scan of the head in these settings. Otherwise, you may cause uncle herniation and death. Number 73. In children, 75% of neck masses are benign, but 75% of neck masses in adults are malignant. In children, think lymphadenitis, thyroglossal duct cysts, and in adults, think squamous cell carcinoma and or metastases, and also lymphoma. Number 74, manage symptomatic carotid artery stenosis of 70 to 99% with carotid endarterectomy, less than 50% with medical management, for example, hypertensive agents, statins, and antiplatelet therapy, and treatment of atherosclerosis risk factors. For stenosis between 50 and 69%, the data on management is less clear and patient-specific factors affect the decision. Number 75, pulsatile abdominal mass plus hypotension equals ruptured abdominal aortic aneurysm until proven otherwise. Perform an immediate laparotomy. There's a 90% mortality rate. Number 76, conditions best viewed as anginal equivalents include transient ischemic attacks, claudication, and chronic mesenteric ischemia. Arterial workup and imaging are indicated. Number 77, cryptorchidism is the main identifiable risk factor for testicular cancer and can also cause infertility. Treat with surgical retrieval and orchiopexy or orchiectomy. Treatment does not decrease the risk of cancer. Number 78, benign prostatic hyperplasia can present as acute renal failure. Patients have a distended bladder and bilateral hydronephrosis on ultrasound. Neither is present with medical renal disease. Drain the bladder first with catheterization, then perform transurethral resection of the prostate, or TERP. Number 79. Impotence may be physical, for example, vascular, nervous system, drugs, or less commonly, psychogenic. Patients have normal nocturnal erections and a history of dysfunction only in certain settings. Number 80. The overall pattern of growth in a child is more important than any one measurement. Consider close follow-up and re-measurement of growth parameters if you do not have enough data. A stable pattern is less worrisome and less likely to be correctable than a sudden change in previously stable growth. For example, the most common cause of delayed puberty is constitutional delay, a normal variant. Number 81. Finding suspicious for child abuse assuming that other explanations are not provided, include failure to thrive, multiple injuries in different stages of healing, retinal hemorrhages plus subdural hematomas from shaken baby syndrome, sexually transmitted diseases, a caretaker story that does not fit the child's injury or complaint, and a mechanism that does not fit the child's age. For example, rolling off a table at two weeks old. Also, childhood behavioral and emotional problems and multiple personality disorder as an adult. Number 82, the APGAR score. It's commonly performed at one and five minutes after birth. The maximum score is 10. The categories, color, zero for pale or blue, one for pink body and blue extremities, and two for a completely pink baby. Heart rate, score zero for absent, 1 
for less than 100 beats per minute, and two for more than 100 beats per minute. Reflex irritability, which is usually measured by the infant's response to stimulation of the sole of the foot, zero is none, one is for a grimace, and two is a grimace and a strong cry, cough, and sneeze. Muscle tone, zero if the baby's limp, score one if there's some flexion of the extremities, and two for active motion. And finally, respiratory effort, score zero if there is none, score one if there's a slow, weak cry, and two for a good, strong cry. Number 83, diuretics are a common cause of metabolic derangement. Thiazide diuretics cause calcium retention, hyperglycemia, hyperuricemia, hyperlipidemia, hyponatremia, hypokalemic metabolic alkalosis, and hypovolemia. Because they are sulfa drugs, watch out for sulfa allergy. Loop diuretics cause hypokalemic metabolic alkalosis, hypovolemia that is more potent than thiazides, ototoxicity, and calcium excretion. With the exception of ethocrinic acid, they are also sulfa drugs. Carbonic anhydrase inhibitors cause metabolic acidosis, and potassium-sparing diuretics such as spironolactone may cause hyperkalemia. Number 84, overdoses and antidotes. For acetaminophen, the antidote is N-acetylcysteine. For benzodiazepines, the antidote is flumazenil. For beta blockers, the antidote is glucagon. For carbon monoxide, the antidote is oxygen and hyperbaric in cases of severe poisoning. For cholinesterase inhibitors, the antidote is atropine or pralidoxime. For copper or gold, the antidote is penicillamine. For digoxin, the antidote is to normalize potassium and other electrolytes and give digoxin antibodies. For iron, it is deferoxamine. For lead, the antidote is editate, which is EDTA. Use succimer in children. For methanol or ethylene glycol, the antidote is fomepazole or ethanol, which is less commonly used. For muscarinic blockers, the antidote is physostigmine. For opioids, the antidote is naloxone. And for quinidine or tricyclic antidepressants, the antidote is sodium bicarbonate, which is cardioprotective. Number 85, aspirin and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug side effects include GI bleeding, gastric ulcers, renal damage, for example, interstitial nephritis and papillary necrosis, allergic reactions, platelet dysfunction, the life of a, for the life of a platelet for aspirin, there's reversible dysfunction with NSAIDs, and finally, Rye syndrome which is encephalopathy and or liver failure in a child taking aspirin in the setting of a viral infection. Aspirin overdose can be fatal and classically leads to both metabolic acidosis and respiratory alkalosis. Number 86, osmotic demyelination syndrome, formerly called central pontine myelinolysis, which involves brainstem damage and possibly death, may result from correcting hyponatremia too rapidly. Number 87, due to cellular shifts 
alkalosis, and acidosis can cause symptoms of potassium and or calcium derangement. For example, alkalosis can lead to symptoms of hypokalemia or hypocalcemia. In this setting, pH correction is needed rather than direct treatment of the calcium or potassium level. Magnesium depletion can also make hypocalcemia and hypokalemia unresponsive to replacement therapy until the magnesium is corrected. Number 88, adult patients of sound mind are allowed to refuse any form of treatment. Watch for depression as a cause of quote-unquote incompetence. Treat depression before wishes for death are respected. Number 89, if a patient is incompetent, including younger minors who lack adequate decision-making capacity, and an emergency treatment is needed, seek a family member or court-appointed guardian to make healthcare decisions. If no one is available, treat as you see fit in an emergency or contact the courts in a non-emergency setting. Number 90, respect patient wishes and living wills, assuming that they are appropriate, even in the face of dissenting family members, but take time to listen to family members' concerns. Number 91, always be a patient advocate and treat patients with respect and dignity even if they refuse your proposed treatment or are non-compliant. If patients' actions puzzle you, do not be afraid to ask them why they are doing or saying what they are. Number 92. Break doctor-patient confidentiality only in the following situations. The patient asks you to do so. Child abuse is suspected. The courts mandate you to do so. You must fulfill the duty to warn or protect. For example, if a patient says that he is going to kill someone or himself, you have to tell the someone, the authorities, or both. The patient has a reportable disease. And finally, the patient is a danger to others. For example, if a patient is blind or has seizures, let the proper authorities know so that they can revoke the patient's license to drive. If the patient is an airplane pilot and is a paranoid, hallucinating, schizophrenic, then authorities need to know. Number 93, causes of false lab disturbances, hemolysis, hyperkalemia, pregnancy, elevated sedimentation rate, and alkaline phosphatase, hypoalbuminemia, hypocalcemia, and finally, hyperglycemia, causing fake false hyponatremia. Number 94, EKG findings of myocardial infarction include flipped or flattened T waves, ST segment elevation, depression means ischemia, elevation means injury, and or Q waves in a segmental distribution. For examples, leads 2, 3, and AVF are, are for an inferior infarct. ST depression may also be seen in reciprocal or opposite leads. Drugs that may be useful in the setting of acute coronary syndrome include aspirin, morphine, nitroglycerin, beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, clopidogrel, statins, glycoprotein 2B, 3A receptor inhibitors, heparin, either unfractionated or low molecular weight heparin, and TPA, although there's strict criteria for its use. Number 96. Cholesterol Management Guidelines. The following information is from the 2013 American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association Guidelines on the Treatment of Blood Cholesterol 
to reduce atherosclerotic cardiovascular risk factors in adults. This new guideline differs from the previous recommendations in that it moves away from specific LDL targets and instead overall LDL reduction is recommended. So the groups, anyone with an LDL level at or above 190 milligrams per deciliter should have a goal LDL reduction of at least 50%, and the recommended statin therapy is a high-intensity statin. Anyone with diabetes who is between 40 and 75 years old and has an LDL above 70 milligrams per deciliter should have an LDL reduction of 30 to 50%, and the recommended statin therapy is a moderate-intensity statin. Anyone with current or past cardiovascular disease, such as angina, myocardial infarction, or peripheral artery disease, who has an LDL above 70 milligrams per deciliter, should have their LDL reduced by at least 50% with a high-intensity statin. Anyone with a 7.5% or greater chance of developing atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease in the next 10 years using a calculator should have an LDL reduction of 30 to 50% with a moderate intensity statin. High-dose statins include atorvastatin, 40 to 80 milligrams, or rosuvastatin, 20 to 40 milligrams. Moderate-dose statin includes atorvastatin, 10 to 20 milligrams, simvastatin, 20 to 40 milligrams, rosuvastatin, 5 to 10 milligrams, pravastatin, 40 to 80 milligrams, and lovastatin, 40 milligrams. Number 97, type 1 versus type 2 diabetes. Age and onset is most commonly less than 30 years old in type 1 diabetes, most commonly over 30 years old in type 2 diabetes. Associated body habitus is thin with type 1 and obese with type 2. Development of ketoacidosis occurs with type 1 diabetes, is less likely with type 2. Development of hyperosmolar state does not occur with type 1 diabetes, but does with type 2. The level of endogenous insulin is low to none in type 1 diabetes and normal to high in type 2 diabetes with insulin resistance. Twin concurrence is less than 50% with type 1 and greater than 50% with type 2. HLA association is yes with type 1 and no with type 2. The response to oral hypoglycemics, type 1 diabetes does not respond, and type 2 diabetes does respond. Antibodies to insulin, yes, at diagnosis with type 1, and they are not present with type 2. Both type 1 and type 2 are at risk for diabetic complications. And finally, islet cell pathology. In type 1, it is insulitis, or loss of most B cells. And with type 2, there are normal numbers of islet cells, but the amyloid deposits are present. Number 98, hypertension classification. Less than 120 over 80 is normal. 120 to 139 over 80 to 89 is prehypertension. 140 to 159 over 90 to 99 is stage 1 hypertension. 160 over 100 or above is stage 2 hypertension. Number 99, we're going to cover word associations. These are not 100%, but 
but they can help when you have to guess at an answer. Buzz phrase. Friction rub is associated with pericarditis. Kusmal breathing, which is deep, rapid breathing, is associated with diabetic ketoacidosis. The Kaiser Fleischer ring in the eye is associated with Wilson disease. Bateau spots are associated with vitamin A deficiency. Dendritic corneal ulcers on fluorescein staining of the eye is associated with herpes keratitis. A cherry red spot on the macula without hepatosplenomegaly is associated with Tay-Sachs disease. Cherry red spot on the macula with hepatosplenomegaly is associated with Neiman-Pick disease. Bronze skin plus diabetes is associated with hemochromatosis. A malar rash on the face thinks systemic lupus erythematosus. A heliotropic rash, which is a purplish rash on the eyelids, think dermatomyositis. Blue cells are associated with Gardnerella vaginalis infection, meconium ileus, rectal prolapse, and the salty tasting insulin are all associated with cystic fibrosis. Cafe au lait spots with a normal uh, IQ is associated with neurofibromatosis. Cafe au lait spots with intellectual disability is associated with McCune-Albright syndrome or tuberous sclerosis. The worst headache of a patient's life, think subarachnoid hemorrhage. Abdominal striae, think Cushing syndrome or pregnancy. Honey ingestion, think infant botulism. Left lower quadrant tenderness or rebound, think diverticulitis. Children who torture animals typically have conduct disorder. Current jelly stools in children, think intussusception. Ambiguous genitalia and hypotension, think 21-hydroxylase deficiency in girls. A cat-like cry in an infant, think Pre-Ducat syndrome. An infant weighing more than 10 pounds, think maternal diabetes. Anaphylaxis from immunoglobulin therapy, think of IgA deficiency. Postpartum fever unresponsive to broad-spectrum antibiotics. Think septic pelvic thrombophlebitis. An increased hemoglobin A2 and anemia. Think thalassemia. A heavy young woman with papilledema and a negative CT or MRI scan of the head. Think pseudotumor cerebri. Low-grade fever in the first 24 hours after surgery. Think atelectasis. A war veteran. Think post-traumatic stress disorder. Bilateral hyalur adenopathy in a black patient, think sarcoidosis. Sudden death in a young athlete, think hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. Fractures or bruises in, a, in different stages of healing in a child, think child abuse. Absent breath sounds in a trauma patient, think pneumothorax. Shopping sprees, think mania. Constant clearing of the throat in a child or teenager, or intermittent bursts of swearing, think Tourette syndrome. Coilocytosis, think human papilloma virus or cytomegalovirus, a rash that develops after administration of ampicillin or amoxicillin for a sore throat, think Epstein-Barr virus infection. Daytime sleepiness and occasional falling down, which is cataplexy, think narcolepsy. The facial port wine stain and seizures, think Sturge-Weber syndrome. And number 100, signs and syndromes. Babinski sign, stroking the bottom of the foot yields 
yields extension of the big toe and fanning of the other toes and represents an upper motor neuron lesion. Beck triad, jugular venous distension, muffled heart sounds, and hypotension, representing cardiac tamponade. Brudzinski sign, pain on neck flexion with meningeal irritation, representing meningitis. Charcot triad, fever and chills, jaundice, and right upper quadrant pain, representing cholangitis. Crevassier sign, a painless palpable gallbladder plus jaundice, representing pancreatic cancer. Schwassek sign, tapping on the facial nerve elicits tetany, representing hypocalcemia. Cullen sign, bluish discoloration of the periumbilical area, representing pancreatitis with retroperitoneal hemorrhage. Cushing reflex, hypertension, bradycardia, and irregular respirations, representing high intracranial pressure. Gray-Turner sign, bluish discoloration of the flank, representing pancreatitis with retroperitoneal hemorrhage. Homan sign, calf pain on forced dorsiflexion of the foot, representing deep venous thrombosis. Care sign, is pain in the left shoulder, representing ruptured spleen. Lariche syndrome, claudication and atrophy of the buttocks with impotence, representing aortoiliac occlusive disease. McBurney sign is tenderness at McBurney point in the right lower quadrant, representing appendicitis. Murphy sign, the arrest of inspiration during palpation under the rib cage on the right, representing cholecystitis. The Ortolani sign, abducting an infant's flexed hips, causes a palpable and audible click, representing congenital hip dysplasia. Pren sign, elevation of a painful testicle relieves pain, representing epididymitis versus testicular torsion, although this sign is really not reliable. Rovsing sign, pushing on the left lower quadrant, then releasing your hand produces pain at McBurney point, representing appendicitis. Tenel sign, tapping on the volar surface of the wrists elicits paresthesias. This represents carpal tunnel syndrome. Trousseau sign, pumping up a blood pressure cuff causes carpopedal spasm, representing tetany from hypocalcemia. And Virchow triad, stasis, endothelial damage, and hypercoagulability. These are risk factors for deep venous thrombosis. That's it for this episode. Check out the other Inside the Boards podcasts over at insidetheboards.com. And follow me on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Ted O'Connell MD. And on Twitter, I'm at Ted O'Connell. Thank you for listening to the Step 2 Secrets podcast. Hi, this is Ted O'Connell. I just wanted to let you know real quick that when the time comes for you to begin studying for the USMLE Step 3, we actually now have a USMLE Step 3 subscription podcast. So I encourage you to check that out over at medpreptogo.com. We have sample episodes available. And even if you're studying for Step 2, you may actually find some of this content uh, really useful for your studies. So please do check it out.